0: We found out that culturally, Baker Hill was just like Henry and Horn. It's a mm. great culture. The people are great just like the people at Henry and Horn are great. So to combine that, it was a no-brainer. So I think culture is extremely important. Mm. But also from a marketing perspective, if you are entering a new market or, if, you know, either way you're going, you need to think about that brand. Yeah, You know, in, in, in changing that brand and how that's going to go and what the, what's that going to look like yeah. and what how much is that going to cost
1: you're listening to the Remarka brand podcast where authentic brands win
2: welcome everyone to another episode of the Remarka brand podcast I'm Mike Jones and I'm here with Sam Pagel once again hey Sam good to hang out with you again as we mentioned last time, uh, we're gonna be jumping back into an interview with Jamie Cochell, formerly a principal of Henry & Horn and now a director at Baker Tilly, two amazing accounting firms that uh, we've gotten to work with Henry & Horn in the past. And we talked about that last time in the last episode. Talked a lot about the experience that we had going through uh, a rebrand, helping Henry & Horn rebrand back in 2016, 2017. And uh, so I, if you haven't checked out that episode, I'd highly encourage you to do that. But before we do anything else, Let's do a little name 10 things because that's what we do around here. Have a little have a little yeah, fun, do a little yeah, improv. And,
1: and today we're talking about M&A's mergers and acquisitions. Mm. And so we're going to name 10 food M&A's, okay? Ooh. So 10 food M&A's and you know, we're basically just going to combine yeah. two foods together to create okay. one food. Okay. So, let's okay. let's give it a shot. Uh broccoli strawberries. Ooh, nice. Uh corn
2: Cornfish. Mm. Beef stick. Beef sticks with Cheetos.
1: (laughs) Ooh, beef stick Cheetos. Half
2: beef stick, half Cheeto. They're they're, they're like combined together in one stick.
1: Ouch. That hurts my stomach. Oh, man. That should Um, be hurting everyone's stomach. uh, To think that
2: people do eat that way. mm,
1: mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It just... That would, yeah, you can, more efficient. You can
2: go to the corner market or your, your local gas station and buy Cheetos and beef sticks in the same purchase and then consume That's them.
1: That's great. I'm yeah. going to go with peanut bellery, which mm, is peanut, peanut butter, butter and celery. And celery. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, those, that is a great combination. But it it's, some, does work.
1: Somehow they figured out how to like, you know, put the strains together yep. and just it yep. grows out of the ground like okay. that. It's just delicious.
2: I'm going to go with milk aid. Oh, Nice. It's, it's milk. It's lemonade. Okay. It's milk aid.
1: Lemony milk, huh? I think that's just buttermilk, Mike.
2: I think it's just cheese. Th- isn't that just curdle right there? Is, Instantaneous. Isn't,
1: uh, if you take whole milk and lemon juice, it creates like a buttermilk substitute. So.
2: I think it curdles. That's Good for job. sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think that's going to sit uh, well.
1: That's, yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to say
2: Oreo spinach. Oh, you've ruined them both. Yep.
0: Um. Cheese oranges.
1: Okay. I don't know. The same color. Easy, right? Yeah. Cheesy cheddar- merger.
2: Yeah. Orange on
1: orange. Yeah, that's good. Um okay. Let's go with uh grapefruit grape. <laughs> it's a purple grapefruit. Grape, grapefruit. Grape, grapefruit. Grape,
2: grapefruit. <laughs> uh let's do um. Let's do some pork rind tea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Protein-packed tea, right there. That's good. <laughs> uh, well, we, it's uh, all we, the rage
2: with the fitness. We
1: we got to get a we got to get a bacon one in here. Mm. So I'm gonna go bacon. Mm. It's bacon and egg combo. It's mm. like the bacon's somehow inside of the egg shell.
2: Okay. Okay. And
1: when you crack it. The egg comes out, and the the raw bacon, and it just all cooks together. Okay, um, you don't it's even so need, much more efficient. You don't even need to prime the pan because you got the bacon in there, the bacon your little bacon right grease. So, yep. I don't know why they haven't done that one yet. That one kind
2: of—it's its a no brainer. It's a, no-brainer. It's a, no-brainer. Yeah. It's a no brainer. Yeah, at least you didn't say chicken eggs. Yeah, I can't eat chicken with eggs. No,
1: you shouldn't do that. It, I think I it think that's illegal.
2: Feels feels too you close. Shouldn't do it. <laughs> Find your
0: frequency. All
2: right. On that note, (laughs) we're we're about to get into our interview with Jamie. We're going to finish up part two of our interview talking about mergers and acquisitions. We'll also talk a little bit about some, I think, tips that Jamie has for younger marketers, maybe newer marketers to accounting marketing. And in particular, get involved in AIM. Um, we'll hype our friends over at AIM. But um, before we get there, I want to talk a little bit with you, Sam. We actually have been through our own merger. Yes, yes. Back in 2019, we inked the merger. We started talking about it in 2018. Yeah. took a full year, I think, if I remember right. Yep. But I'd love to kind of hear your perspective on that process and just how did you think about, like, hey, I have this brand with Pelican Media. Might be bringing this into ReSound. Um how how were you thinking about that in that process? Yeah. If you even were. Maybe you weren't. I I was
1: and it, you know it's funny um there was a guy that approached me um maybe a week or two before Mike you and I like officially started the conversation. I think we <laughs> did it at lunch and you were like, "What if we tried to do this?" Cuz I had a a friend who approached me about doing that. Um he was a great sales guy. I could do a lot of the creative stuff and like on paper everything was like wow this this would work it it's like this there's no way this wouldn't work until I did a little research on like okay what do you think about when you maybe are going to partner with somebody else merge two businesses together hmm. and uh I think there were two things in particular that I kind of found out like these are really important aside from like the financial stuff and the work and all that, but like the, almost like the core um, of who you were, both both companies, the core of both companies. And so one was, what, what do you value? Um, and that was more of a, I think these were more of a personal thing. Like me as the business owner, what do I value? Um, what do I believe in? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? Like why am I even in business? What, what do I uh, seek to accomplish? And then that led into, what are your like, long-term goals? Mm-hmm. Um, and figuring that out um, for my own company and my own self allowed me to put those up against somebody else's values and goals and mm-hmm. say, are these aligned? Um, And in that, in that case, they weren't. And it was, once it became apparent, it was like,
2: (laughs) this isn't going to work,
1: right? Nope. Okay. All right. See you later. Um, and that was super helpful. I'm super thankful. Um, and so then the, the day came where Mike and I had lunch (laughs) right after that. Too soon, Mike. Too soon. I think I was telling you about it, Mike, and you were like, what if, what if we, maybe we could. Talk about doing that. And I was like, too soon, Mike. <laughs> I need to get over this other one first. Because uh, it was like, it was emotionally taxing. It yeah. was just like a lot well, to you think you got through. really
2: close, too. Big
1: decision. Yeah, it was kind of like. You guys like,
2: were, were pretty close <clears throat> to like signing a, an agreement.
1: Yeah, it got to the point where it was like, hey, take the weekend. We de- we need to make a decision on this because mm-hmm. we were just, I mean, we were talking about it for a couple of weeks. It wasn't very long, but it was like, we need to move forward with this or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't. And so then Mike was like, What if we ain't trying to do something like that? I was like, Oh, Mike, come on. (laughs) Um, And I remember going home that night and telling my wife, Ashley, and she was like, No, no, not again. We just got over this. Uh, Because she was really adamant that, like, you were just in
2: such high demand, Sam. No, no, no. Um,
1: It was just love was in the air, I think. Love was in the air. (laughs) So, yeah. So, so a year long process with Resound was super helpful. Um, And I'm, I'm, glad we took that long because it's a big decision. It was. Um, It's not just your business, it's like it affects your family and your whole life. And so, um, but I think we, you know, it took a year, but I think we quickly found out or maybe even already knew that like we were very aligned with our values, very aligned with our goals. We were not seeking to go global and create this massive company. And, uh, we, yeah, so we, we kind of knew that going in we had the advantage, not everybody has this advantage of sharing an office space for like six years. We did. Um, and we worked together too. We worked together. We had collaborated together. Um, Mike and I, even before that, we knew each other. So we had a, a pretty strong foundation. I, I think I even went to one of your board meetings, Mm -hmm. like. In 2013, maybe, yep. and so it you was came just, to our board retreat. Yeah, so yep. uh, I got to see very intimately, like the inner workings of Resound. I got to see you might go from one person to a full team of like 12 people or something at one time, um, and now back to like <laughs> back to like five back down again. But <laughs> uh, but the process itself was was it was it was taxing. It was like emotionally taxing. There was a lot a lot to think through it was a big decision uh neither neither one of us took that lightly neither one of the sides took it lightly but at the end of the day i mean when it came to like we're going to do this there was just a peace i mean it was mm-hmm. like there's no doubt like i was i was i remember saying like if i said no to this i would re- i know i would regret it mm-hmm. like i i, I really want to do this and um for me it was you know, I could keep doing what I was doing. I was doing well, um, but I wanted to create something bigger. I wanted to create something that that was just more meaningful and lasted more lasting. Um, and I saw kind of joining Resound as uh as a, a amazing way to do that, uh, alongside of you, Mike, and partners and the team at Resound. Um, so, and now, what is it four? Almost four years, three and a half, four years half, almost. Yeah. Um, it, it has been really, really sweet, uh, and and I would say a success. Hmm. Um, what was it like from your perspective, Mike?
2: Um probably a little less emotional, but some of that was because and I think you knew this. <laughs> David Jeff and I had already been talking about it for a while of like when we we would often like kinda look at the people we'd worked with or kind of were around us in our kind of field of vision right just who's around that's not part of our team that maybe we would like to work with in some way shape or form and obviously we did get to do that over like six years prior to merging in pelican media um and so your name just kept popping up it was like every year it was like and you just there was a resonance of like values the type of work that you were doing was very complimentary to ours Um, there's like enough overlap that it like made sense, but not like so much that it was like, oh, we're just duplicating stuff we're already doing or people we already have. So that was super helpful. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was, it just seemed easy in some ways. Uh, I know it took a while, but that's always how it goes when you're making deals like that. (laughs) I don't think I thought originally it was going to take a year but uh that's what it needed to take yeah so some of that was more of the financial stuff yeah just figuring out how to value two companies neither of us had done that before yep there's a lot of learning in that um i'm thankful for some of the resources that we were able to find to help us with that um but like yeah and i think the other thing about this was the brands right and you know I, i think it was pretty clear like we had invested a lot in our brand. Yep. And so I don't know that there was a hard conversation around, no. like, well, which brand is going to like no. make it? Which one's going to kind of. But we yeah. didn't, we didn't ever go down the, the Palisound route, although no. we do still own palisound.com.
1: <laughs> no, I'm thankful we didn't. No, I remember that conversation. I think, I don't know if it was all four of us partners or if it was just you and me and Mike, but I, I remember there was a quick conversation. Yeah. It was like, so we should probably just. Keep the Resound brand and kind of dissolve in the Pelican one, and I'm like, yep, that sounds great. <laughs> yep, I totally agree. Yeah, Resound was uh, just a strong brand. You guys had written a ton of content. You had done it the right way too. Um, mine was just more of like a I had I had done I think can't remember maybe one or two like name changes over the course of of my business and um, and until. Until I went through the branding process with Resound with you guys, hmm. um, there wasn't a whole lot of substance there. Um, but it was, yeah, it was an easy decision to say, "Yep, Pelican Media, your time is your time is done. <laughs> uh, you had a good run, yeah. but uh, we're gonna we're gonna move everything into Resound, and and that was the right decision because yeah, Resound was the stronger brand, yep. stronger presence. Um, there was more meaning there. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys had all your. Your stuff in order, Um, and not that I didn't, but um, the brand was just clearly stronger.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, we looked at I think some numbers like you know just even reach like email lists and stuff, and it was like okay, so there's a lot more reach on the Resound side. Yeah, Um, so it it's going to cost us less if we just stick with that. I think we still had to navigate with your clients though. That was we did. I, I think eye opening to me of like how much they had kind of. Invested emotionally in working with you, and in particular, like they they had an association of, of Pel like Pelican Media with Sam. Yep, right, like with you, and for some that was a I think a bit of a struggle for them to think about. Okay, Sam's moving into this other brand. Am I still going to get the same level of service? Am I going to get the same level of of high touch? Yep, um, same response level. And in some cases, the answer was. No, <laughs> you're not. Uh, certainly not going to get the same price. Yeah. Uh, you know, pricing was a hard one. I think for yeah. some of them to yeah. to get over.
1: Yeah, and and that was that was hard. I mean, there were relationships that ended. I think because of that. But at the same time, I think we talked some about some of those this. needed to end, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we talked about this with David uh, a week or two ago about like, okay, when you do have a strong brand um it does enable you to say no or it enables you to set a price or a scope of work that you don't have to flex on um because you know what you're good at you know what you're worth and um you can have that conversation with grace and um and do that well you can still serve people well when you say no yep. we we're not going to come down on that or yeah. this is how it is and um and make sure that they're taken care of, but that happened for sure, um, which I, I think we expected that to happen. We did.
2: Um, I, you, know, you never know going into that, like okay, how, what's the percentage split? Who's gonna stick, who's not? Um, I think we were surprised at a couple clients who were like, oh, Sam's part of this bigger team, they have more resources, yeah, let's do some stuff um, that maybe they weren't really considering you for, I yep. think more on the branding side or maybe yep. some of the content stuff. And then we had one client who, I feel like they just, they'd been a long-standing client of ours. We'd kind of been through ups and downs with them. And when you came on and it was like, all of a sudden it was very clear we had video yeah. capability in-house. Even though you had done video for them with me, like we had yeah. gone out to their facility in 2014 in Chicago and done a bunch of video. But it was like, oh, now, now Sam's in-house with the ReSound? Oh, let's do a bunch yeah. more video. <laughs> now I'm
1: on those calls, right? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're still on those calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three uh, and a half years later. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, well, Mike, not, not everybody can share a building or an office space for six years with, <laughs> with the firm that they're going to to merge in. No, with. they can't. Um, maybe we, maybe we could just touch on real quick. Like, um, you know, we've, we've done that. Uh, obviously we're not giant corporations or huge firms, uh, but what are, some, what are some things to think about uh, for any kind of business who is considering either merging or acquiring or being acquired yep. from, a, from a brand and marketing standpoint? The first
2: is something you already touched on, and Jamie I know is going to touch on this too, and that's the cultural fit, right? And that's not always something I think that you get the luxury of getting right? You don't get to necessarily pick that the other firm that you're going to merge into yours or that you're going to merge into or, you know, whatever that acquisition is going to go about. You don't always get to pick exactly like a replica of you. In fact, I would argue there probably isn't another replica of you. There's right. always something that's like a little bit tangential or a little off. But the more you can think about that, have those things really defined for your brand, your culture so that when the day comes to have that conversation with another firm you're already prepared for like okay we at least know who we are and what if we're going to be going into their brand what are the things we're going to have to navigate that are going to be hard because there's a little bit of a a difference of alignment right maybe not a misalignment but just a difference in alignment in our culture so what values do we have that they don't have what values do they have that we don't have or how do they how do they Behaviorally live those out versus how do we behave? You might both say like we really value great client uh, service, right? Okay, tell me about how you do that. I bet the two firms do that a little bit differently. And so if you've already done a lot of that homework and defining those things up front, I think you're gonna have a better time navigating through the process of saying, hey, we gotta we're gonna bring ourselves into someone else's brand, or we're gonna bring somebody into our brand. How are we going to bring along as many talented people as we can in that process? Because I think that's the big concern that I have for most mergers and acquisitions is that there is a ton of people who are going to leave in that process. Yeah. If you don't do it really, really well and thoughtfully yep. as much as you can. And the reality is you're going to lose some people, yeah. right? There's just people who are going to be like, I liked how it was. I don't like something new. I don't want to deal with change. I'm out. Right. Or their role just is duplicated, right? Like that just inherently happens. I was yeah. just talking with a friend of ours recently uh, who, you know, had done a lot of work to build her her firm's brand. They got acquired. The other brand already had a marketing director and she lost her job. And I was talking to her, I was like, man, that's gotta be really hard. And She's like, yes, in one sense, it's really hard. On the other side of things, she's like, I did my job. Mm. I built a great brand enough that we were able to get acquired and do a really good job, you know, get in that acquisition. Um, she was like, I felt like we we were set up for success in that. And, you know, I think that's the silver lining. If you're on that side of the table of like, hey, your your role is now duplicated. We gotta let somebody go. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, you can look at that and go, you know what, but I did my job, right? Um, we have a great brand and that was able to be acquired at a really good price or whatever the yep. kind of negotiation looks like. So uh, I think you know that cultural fit, really assessing that, not just like, is it a fit, but like, how are we going to transition our culture to theirs or their culture to ours? Yep. Um, and if you wanna dig way back in the archive, I highly recommend an episode with Heidi Janenga from WebPT. They went through a number of acquisitions where they went and acquired smaller firms into their software company, and she talks directly about that. And mm-hmm. I think that's a, there's some helpful tips in there. Um, I think the other part is just how do you navigate the actual brands themselves? We'll get into this with Jamie, but you know, more likely than not, one of the two brands is well known in a specific market and the other isn't. So if the other one is going to be the acquiring firm is going to be the brand that lasts, you need to have a transition plan in that market. And I think that that's something that maybe gets shorted a little bit in the negotiation process and the deal-making. And, you know, everyone's running really fast. you got a lot of numbers you're crunching. You're trying to make sense of it financially, which is its own just Herculean effort, right, in a merger acquisition. We saw that, right? That was like, that was the most painful part. Yeah. Was trying to figure out the financials of it. If you don't have a brand and a marketing plan, What are we going to do with these two brands on day one, Yeah, right? Or even day zero before you've even launched that there's this merger acquisition happening. Are we going to put the two brands together and make a new brand? Is one brand going to take over from the other? When are we going to have that transition? Maybe run them side by side for a little bit. You know, every firm is in a different situation, in a different context within that merger acquisition formula. Um, there's probably an opportunity and I'm sure there's some consultants out there have done it, but there's probably an opportunity out there to like, maybe, maybe build a little matrix and say, Hey, here's the inputs, here's the outputs, here's the context of the two firms and where their marketing and branding lives. Maybe do some surveying in that process of your, of your deal making, right? Talk not necessarily about, um, the merger or acquisition itself with clients, because maybe you're not ready for that. But talk about like their perception of these two brands, right? How do they perceive your brand? How do they perceive the other brand? Maybe throw in a couple other brands if you want to kind of obfuscate it a little bit. Um, not give away too much yet. Talk to clients. Talk to other people on the market and get their perception on these two things. Uh, I think there's... Jamie's going to talk about there's some really key lessons that she's learning and has learned through Henry and Horn merging into Baker Tilly. And... Uh, I would I would love for people to think more about that. Yeah, leading up to the merger.
1: Yeah, and you know, for a uh, for someone who's working in a marketing role at a at a firm, um this is an interesting topic because whether or not the owners or partners of your firm have this in their mindset of like this is a goal one day to either be acquired or to acquire or merge. Um, having a strong brand is a, is a huge leg up if you end up getting into a process like that. Um, not just from like a valuation standpoint, but, um, think about if, you know, if you're in, if you're in a a merger scenario where, Hey, you want to team up with another firm, maybe they're in a different part of the country and you've built this strong brand that has a ton of equity, it's put together, it's professional, it's seamless, um, you're, you're gonna have a leg up, right? You're gonna have a leg up on the other firm if, if they haven't done the same things. Um, so it's kinda like, a, hey, if we haven't done this before, we should start to think about this. Uh, we should start to define who we are. We should start to define our brand um, because, in another sense, Mike, we just talked about your values. Like if you have those defined ahead of time and everyone in the firm believes them and knows what they are, um, that you don't have to go figure that out all of a sudden and figure out like, wait, who are we? What do, what do we actually care about? What do we actually believe in? Um, and hopefully, you know, the other side, uh, has done that too, or you can encourage them to do the same thing yep. <laughs> real quick.
2: Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. So on that note, I think we should jump into the interview with Jamie, and I'm excited for everyone. If you have any thoughts on mergers and acquisitions and how brands can navigate that, I would love to hear from you. Uh, Maybe after the episode, if you're done listening to Jamie, the interview with Jamie, reach out to us. You can email me, mike at resoundcreative.com. You can find us on our website, resoundcreative.com, and I'd love to hear more from you guys. Maybe you have a story or an insight or something you've learned. I think those would be fantastic to maybe share in a future episode. You are
0: remarkable. So what 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 do you need to know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think what, one thing you, you mentioned earlier uh, before the show uh, was just sharing about like, how do you launch a, a brand in a market? Because Baker Tilly's not known here, right? Right. So, right. you know, how do you think about that? How do you think about whether it's you've merged into a new brand and you're going to have to kind of relaunch that brand almost yeah into a market that you have a lot of people in who have the the old name equity henry and horn everyone knew that here in the arizona area um but how do you think about that either launching a new brand brand new or going through that process with someone like a new firm that's kind of entering into the the geographic market
0: yeah. So we're working on that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, it, it was hard to go from a, a, a firm with a lot of brand equity. Mm. Like Henry and was well known. We never had to do any outside of a rebrand in that. Outside of that, we didn't have to do any branding yeah. per se because we were just so well known, um, kind of a staple in the valley. Um, so to go from a firm with such brand equity to a firm, merging into a firm where people are like, who's who's Baker Tilly? What's a baker? <laughs> so we, our partner, some people have heard that at conferences, what's a baker? Um, so they are, we're well, kinda... At least you
2: didn't talk about how you cook the books or something like
0: that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Da-dun. Yeah,
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the inner dad had to say something.
0: <laughs> so definitely we're, we're working on that right now. Because um, you know, obviously when you are entering a new market, you, and if, if it's a completely new market that um you haven't been in before. You you need to to brand yourselves there. So that's something mm-hmm. we're working on. Um, but, you know, why would people know who Baker Tilly is in Arizona when they didn't? You yeah, know, they weren't here. They weren't here. Yep. And now we are.
2: Yeah. And that is interesting, you know, thinking about kind of coming back to that idea of like, okay, firms can really work anywhere, right? You can have clients almost anywhere. And yet at the same time, there is value in having a geographic presence. Yeah. And being at least present locally um you know and doing different things like i think we were talking earlier about just different ideas for that but one of those is like you know just find the biggest you know big name events in the area and you know sponsor that put your name on it put your put your logo on there and just make sure that people are aware of you um
0: just some brand recognition yeah
2: and even i mean we've we've talked about this before on our show uh in a past episode just here internally with Resound just talking about how There's still value in having maybe you might not have everyone in an office necessarily every day or even at all, right? Some of the teams now are just fully distributed for a lot of firms. Um, But having a presence through some kind of local office experience, uh, just somewhere that has you rooted in the area and gives people a sense of like, oh yeah, when I'm driving down the road there, I see it, right? Or there is a... I don't know if you want to do a billboard, but you could do a billboard or you could do something locally um, and just thinking about how to put your your brand in the area in a in a physical way rather than just digital. Um,
0: oh, yeah. I was trying to think of like what screams local. Yeah. What screams you're here. So I did come up with some of the larger events in the Valley that yep. screams you're local, you're here, you're from here, you're here to stay. Um, so that's part of the things we're working on.
2: Yeah. Um, not to get like too far down this road, but I mean, we've even seen it with one of our other clients who's not in the accounting world. They're a, they're a dairy, uh, producer here, oh. at, uh, UDA. And, uh, they do a ton of collaborations with local restaurants and with local chefs and just like, I mean, obviously Arizona's in their name. It's part of their, it's part of their DNA as an organization, but Really trying to like, how do we, how do they showcase that they are fully local? Yeah. In that process, you know, like, hey, our our milk comes from here. Our our cheeses, our dairy products, are all, for the most part. There's a little bit of nuance there, but for the most part, are Arizona, Arizona bred and raised.
0: I say I don't know. Being from Wisconsin, I'm definitely I know. A, a Wisconsin <laughs> cheese girl over oh, here.
2: Don't get me wrong; they all love their Wisconsin cheese too. Uh, I think some of them, I think, are even from. I think some of the farmers might be from Wisconsin, but
0: I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah,
2: but they're they're a fun group. They're really fun, okay. and things get a little cheesy sometimes. Oh, uh, Didn't yeah. <laughs> Mike's here all night, guys? I'm sorry, I am all here all night. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Um, so we're talking about, you know kind of the the merger acquisition type thinking right and getting into a new market is there any other kind of lessons or things that you would encourage marketers to be thinking about if their firm is considering you know the merger acquisition route um obviously they could be on either side of that maybe they're on the the acquiring side um how can they think about that
0: um, you know, if, they, if they're involved with the, the planning process, I would definitely, you know, one of the things I would bring to the table is the culture. Mm. Is it a good culture fit? Because we found out that culturally, Baker Hill was just like Henry and Horn. It's mm. a great culture. The people are great, just like the people at Henry and Horn are great. So to combine that, it was a no brainer. So I think culture is extremely important. Mm. But also from a marketing perspective, if you are entering a new market or if, you know, either way you're going, you need to think about that brand. Yeah. You know, and 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 changing that brand and how that's going to go and what the, what's that going to look like yeah. and what how much is that going to cost. <laughs> <And that's, laughs> yeah. I mean, those are some of the things to really think about because you still have your people that are going to service the clients. You still have the people that are going to go out and bring in the business, but you need the brand to support that too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of different ways to approach that. You know, there's. You know, looking at the two brands, anytime there's that kind of merger acquisition of, you know, when do we rip the band-aid off, right? When do we get rid of one and leave the other? Do we merge them together? Do we um let them kind of live separately for a little while? I've seen firms do that as well. And there's just there's a lot of nuance in that. Um, I always I, I think that I don't know that it happens often enough. I would love to see more firms who are going through that process on either side of that that deal to say, Hey, let's think about the brand sooner and, and maybe start to plan, which, how are we going to kind of proceed with this? What's going to make for the best transition? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a time and place to just say, Hey, one brand is done. The other is taking over. There's a time and place for, for both to maybe merge together. There's another time and place for, for them to kind of run side by side for a little bit, but yeah. Um, I think knowing your clients, knowing your team, knowing your culture, kind of knowing how are we going to transition these two firms, those are like, those are really important things to start asking probably sooner than later in the planning process. Yeah, it's funny
0: because, I mean, even as a marketing professional, that wasn't top of mind Mm. during the planning process. It was, I need to help get all these documents over. I need to get our marketing in order, you know, meet just everything but the brand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guilty of it. Was that a huge sure. checklist. It right? wasn't like, and, and unfortunately, that wasn't on my checklist yeah. to, to ask about. So, but yeah, there was a lot to do. Yep. a lot to do. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I can
2: only imagine. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, man, you have covered so many great things. I was just trying to think if there was something else. Like, what what would be your number one takeaway for maybe younger marketers? In accounting marketing, that they could say, "This would be really helpful for me to start doing in my in my job in my career." That would make them for you know just make for a really great career as a accounting accounting
0: marketer. I would say join AIM. Hey, if, if you're, well, if you're not already, I yeah. think it's extremely important because I've been mm-hmm. a part of AIM for. Probably seventeen years now. Hmm. Um, in just not only the education, but just the relationships that I built all over the U.S. I mean, I have a group chat on my phone in an app of I don't know how many various marketers there are. My, my friends, I call my friend. You know, my, mm. they're my friends now. Um, and if, if any of us have an issue or whatever, hey, how did you handle this? Um, what you What what kind of software do you guys use for this? And somebody always responds. Yep. Because we I. It's just, um, and we look forward to the summit every year and, yep. and seeing your friends. And I would say the number one thing for young marketers to join AIM, you won't regret it. Um, I definitely have a lot of great memories with AIM and awesome friendships. Yep. Friends that, you know, obviously we live in a destination state. So friends, they're like, hey, they'll text, I'm coming to the Phoenix area. Let's meet up if you're available. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, yeah,
2: yeah, and I can, I can attest. Aim is is a really, it's an interesting group. I think when I first got introduced to Aim through you, um, I just kind of expected the typical industry group: lots of education, lots of events, lots of opportunity to just like learn from each other. But I think what I've really learned is like, there's just a lot of friendships,
0: I um, clo- and camaraderie, like, mm-hmm, close knit friends absolutely
2: Um, and i think that that's been surprising to me in some some regards i don't think that's normal for a lot of associations um and i i think it probably speaks one to the challenge of being an accounting marketer you know that for many that you might even be the sole marketer in your firm and that can be
0: probably a little lonely that's how i started at henry horn it was just me (laughs) me myself and i (laughs) so yeah it does and in you know, even if you just want to vent one day, mm. you have a you know a plethora of friends to vent to because they've all been through it too. Yep, they've all heard no <laughs> a thousand times, and you can
2: yeah. Go, oh, it I'm not together. alone. I'm yes. not alone in this. And you're <laughs> so like, like oh, the first.
0: your partners don't get it either. Okay, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to lean on each other and get advice and tips mm. and and tricks and whatnot. And you know, we st- I still do that.
2: Mm. Yeah. And it I mean, whatever the issue is or the experience that you're going through, I would argue there's probably at least someone in AIM who's been through it already. Yes. Uh, at least once. Um, yes. And can at least give you some ideas of like maybe how to approach that or learn from their experience. Yeah. I've seen that over and over. Um, and it's a it's a fun group, too. Just really fun.
0: Absolutely. I I've. Enjoyed my membership there for the last seventeen <laughs> years. I'm going to continue it. Um, so, I, I mean, b- besides, if they're not an aim already, um, I'd say get get that seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Show them that you deserve it, and don't don't take no mm. for an answer. No. Keep keep pushing for that yes.
2: Those are great. Thank you, Jamie. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's you're been welcome. An this is awesome fun. conversation.
0: And they even looked at my notes once. Hey, that's <laughs> perfect.
2: <laughs> great.
0: We just chatted away.
2: This was awesome. Yeah. We'll be sure to have you back on in a little <laughs> while. You get kind of your feet set It
0: Talk more about Baker Tilly's brand.
2: Yeah. That would yeah. be really fun. Okay. Great.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you.
1: The Remarka Brand Podcast is a project of Resound and is recorded in Tempe, Arizona, with hosts Mike Jones and David Kosand. It's produced and edited by Sam Pagel. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and at remarkablecast.com. If you'd like more episodes, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. To contact the show, find out more about the Remarkable Brand Podcast, or to join our newsletter list to make sure you never miss another episode check out our website at remarkablecast.com. Copyright Resound Creative Media, LLC, 2022.